What's going on, y'all? Y'all already know who it is. This is Max Lit, and this is the It Is What It Is podcast. The whole title, you know, It Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo featuring me, Max Lit. <sighs> Man, listen, it's been a lot going on. Um, it's always a lot going on with me, right? So uh, the last podcast was less than a month ago, so I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, before that, it was a couple of weeks like a week or two not really sure but i'm keeping my promise to y'all you know coming up with content a little um quicker than i have been in the past so i'm happy for that um i had an outline for what i was gonna talk about on this episode and it was basically talking about some of the things that i was working on as far as writing and you know some of my ambitions for what I wanted to do as a writer but not gonna get in I might get into some of that this episode but I'm not gonna like make it all about that um funny thing so uh anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I say um a lot (laughs) I do and I apologize to those that um, when I say um or uh or whatever I use to fill in the space between thoughts. Hopefully that's not too annoying to some of y'all. I've already gotten some feedback on the last one. A uh, person that I, really good friend of mine, challenged me to work on it. And anyone who knows me knows I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> So no offense to my peoples out there who uh, challenge me on the um situation, but it's hereditary, it's genetic. My mom says um a lot of times, no matter how much I focus on it. Um, like I just said there, I'm going to say um, I'm going to say uh. So again, I apologize. I take the, the, the criticism very seriously, the constructive criticism very seriously, uh, but I got to do shit the way I do shit and hopefully people will still listen. So props to my peoples out there who's trying to help me be better uh but sometimes shit just gotta come out the way it comes out so now that i got that out of the way <laughs> and they're gonna be mad at me i know they're gonna be mad at me they gonna have something to say but it's all good it's you know no no ill will intended just had to mention it because it's been on my mind since i got that suspicious email so uh what's been going on in the world yo Facts. People are wilding on Twitter. Let's just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've been on Twitter a lot and there's so many things that people have been talking about on Twitter that I'm just like, I didn't know people like really <laughs> took their wild and crazy opinions as seriously as they do. But of course, cause I take mine as seriously as I do. So one of the things that blew up on Twitter was uh, Kendrick Lamar's new album. And I, for one, was shocked by how many people has such strong opinions about the album. Now, you know, not saying that there's not anything on an album that could cause, you know, people to have strong opinions. And, um, you know, just really, you know, feel like they got to say something about it. So before we get into that, I'm just going to give this subject as proper due. So Kendrick Lamar's new album is called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, So I, for one, had been 
really waiting on the album uh, to come out because the last album, Damn, I thought was like really good and you know Kendrick Kendrick's dope. There's this like trinity of rappers, um, and I guess the third one could be anyone really. But there's J. Cole, there's Kendrick Lamar, and then the third one, again, some people put Drake there, some people put Big Sean there, some people put a lot of a lot of other artists there in that third when it comes to that trinity of rappers that grew up on the Golden Age sound. A lot of people refer to the 90s, like 1994 through the 2000s, uh, the early part of the 2000s as the Golden Age of hip-hop. Um, and J. Cole... And Kendrick kind of led the way um, in their styles and their content kind of being a bit of a throwback to that era. Um, so when Kendrick came out with Damn and then he won a Pulitzer Prize on that joint, I think that catapulted him to the forefront with a lot of people. Um, to me... My favorite album from him is The Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, it was like a really soulful um, album that, to me, allowed someone like Kendrick to talk about the stuff that he wanted to talk about, and it still sound good. It still sound relevant, you know, to the material, to the to the to the to the time period and the material as well. Still, you know, kind of be, you know, a, 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 a entertainment superstar, but still talking about relevant things so this album comes out and i didn't realize how much uh publicity or promo stuff that they had did for that album and waiting for it to come out um again like i said i'm not i wasn't really on twitter a whole lot or really on social media except for the work that i do and promoting you know my business the meals by max thing and just you know just posting shit inspirational stuff you know whatever whatever until like a couple of days ago, I was talking to uh, another good friend of mine about the album, about the reception of it, and um, just trying to see, trying to navigate people's opinions about it. So if you haven't heard about the album or you haven't listened to the album, um, I'm, I'm not going to, hopefully I won't spoil it for you, um, but you know, I'm going to talk about it in depth to some degree. Um, some people that I know had their opinions about the album and... I was surprised um, by their reaction. A lot of my surprise came from people that I don't know at all. You know, just just uh, tweets and stuff that I've come across. One of the tweets was from a black woman. Um, I'm not sure how old she is, um, but her tweet, and I'm paraphrasing, was basically, oh, okay, so this album ain't for us, meaning women or black women. It's for men who need to be coddled <laughs> and i was like whoa and that's like i had only listened to like maybe one or two maybe three songs off the album in no particular order just kind of like skimming through it um one of the one of the things that drew me to the album aside from it being kendrick's new joint was that ghostface was on one of the songs and anytime you know somebody from wu-tang pops up on a a, a pretty modern era artist song I'm, I'm i'm always gonna be drawn to that so i was drawn to that and i listened to it it was pretty dope but when i saw that comment i was like all right i gotta take a moment and really listen to the album to see what everybody's talking about and how come it's generating such uh 
such passionate responses, as it were. And when I listened to it all the way through, I had posted, you know, on Instagram stories that I was listening to this joint, listening to that joint, you know, just popping up the album art, you know, whatever, whatever. And when I started seeing people's opinions about it, I honestly deleted those stories because I was like, oh, okay, so there might be some stuff on here that I haven't heard. And I don't want to, you know, solicit, you know, comments and debates on something that I can't, you know, talk about because I haven't listened to the whole album. So I took those joints down and then I told myself, I was like, the next day I'm going to listen to it from front to back. And I did. And my opinion still stands. Um, I think it's a great album. I think it was really well done. Um, in the beginning, I was like, well, I, I do see there's some problematic stuff on there. But I wouldn't call it problematic. I would call it the stuff that he's talking about is stuff that we have conversations about every day. Um, one of the stories, one of the songs that I think solicited a really big um, reaction was Auntie Diaries. I think that's the song where he's talking about his aunt who, the, according to, you know, with the way the song is going, it seems like his, that his aunt is transgender. Um, and his opinion on that, how, how it affected him and how, you know, he was able to figure out how to deal with it. Um, that I guess that's, you know, a lot of people with their opinions didn't really pinpoint particular songs. It just was though the album is this, the album's that. And I get it. You know, we, we all have our, uh, we're all free to our opinions and what you feel about it. Um, another song, I think people kind of had a very passionate opinions about, and I'm just scrolling through the playlist here. I know there was one song where the, like the, it's him and his girl arguing and they calling each other bitch and nigga and all this other shit. It's really talking like really, really sideways to each other. Um, but then they, um, they figure it out or, you know, they talk it out and then, you know, the ending is they end up fucking or getting ready to fuck, whatever. Um, reminded me a lot of a song that RZA did. I think it was on the first Bobby Digital album called Domestic Violence, which that was different, a lot different as far as what the meaning of that song was versus what the meaning of this song was. And of course, <laughs> That Bobby Digital album came out in, a, I think, the early to mid-2000s. So that was a different era as far as content and, and what people was putting out and what we thought was acceptable. But overall, to me, and I was, again, talking to a good friend of mine about the album. One thing that he mentioned that I thought hit it right on the head was, this is an album from a rapper who is more than a rapper. You know, we can all, I think we can all agree on that when it comes to Kendrick. He's definitely not your typical MC who would just come in and spit some bars and that's it. I mean, he's very talented on a number of levels. <laughs> he won a Pulitzer Prize for his last album. So, um, I think from front to back, um, the album, my man said that it touched on a lot of issues that is relevant to young black men. And I thought that, again, I thought he hit that right on the head because nobody nobody really talks about the stuff that 
young black men think about when they alone, right? Um, we're 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 moving into the space to where people talking about their mental health and 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 especially men talking about their mental health and and their feelings and their emotions is mixed reactions. Um, you got some people who are very vulnerable, and we're not talking about just celebrities, right? We're talking about regular people uh, in regular relationships, um, and the the young men who are coming up now, people who are like in their early thirties, the mid thirties, um, it's it's a different it's a different era. They came up differently, or they're experiencing different things, and they are part of a uh, I don't want to say system or generation or whatever that they've been encouraged to express themselves exactly, excuse me, exactly how they feel. And it's still met with a lot of resistance. It's still met with um, a lot of stereotypes as far as what that means. You know, there's a song on the album called We Cry Together and just the title alone, right? <laughs> it, it evokes, you know, some sort of, hmm, I wonder what that's about. Um, and there were some people on the socials calling uh, Kendrick soft or saying, you know, his material is for weak niggas and, you know, stuff like that. And I just was like, it doesn't it doesn't equate really um, to me, at least. To to, to being something that it's, it's like they're not talking about the album, they're not talking about Kendrick. They're talking about people in their lives that they view in that in that that um that way. They they view th these people as weak. They view these people as bitch ass niggas or whatever like that. Um, and it, it to me it just speaks to the pressure that's on all of us, but especially black people, black men and women. Um, we talk about, you know, people's gender identity and people's sexual identity and whatever, you know, and I just feel like because of everything that's going on around us, everybody feels the need to have their opinion heard, no matter how crazy, no matter how off the wall, no matter how hurtful those opinions could be to other people. Um, we see it when we talk about race relations and, you know, how there's some you know, these white supremacist groups and white extremist groups and white nationalists and how they're out there just, you know, saying and speaking and doing whatever they want to do. You have the, the, the flip side where there are black people or people of color who are taking a stand, who are, you know, really just trying to bring awareness to the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to how black people are treated, how um, people of color are treated. You know, then you talk about the intersectionality of the whole thing, black women, black uh, gay, black lesbian, black transgender, men, women, the whole spectrum. And it's like. We spend so much time on discussions like Kendrick Lamar's album, <laughs> right? Um, or Will Smith smacking Chris Rock at the Oscars. But then we have things come up like the shooting in Buffalo and we talk about it for a day or two and then it's, it's off the socials, it's off the news. Um, and sometimes I wonder like, yo, 
So what does that mean? <laughs> you know, life is happening all around us. That is not me saying that shit like Kendrick Lamar's album and how we feel about it shouldn't be discussed. It should be. Um, but it should be discussed in whole, right? So we should be able to discuss why there are some people that think that this album was meant for men who need to be coddled. Or, you know, his views on... And, and he didn't really talk about his views on, you know, the transgender community. He just was talking about something that he went through personally with his aunt. And I feel like the, the, the people who harped on that, maybe they just wasn't ready for that conversation. Or maybe they felt like he wasn't the one to talk about it. Or maybe they felt like he didn't talk about it correctly. I don't know. Um... But I, what I also went back and thought about was, you know, when I do my podcast or when I do my blog or when I do music, you know, I used to do music quite a bit when I was younger. Um, and here and there, I'm working on some stuff that I haven't put out yet. But I look at, I don't, I don't necessarily look at, all right, so what should I say on this song? What should I do on this song? I just do what I feel at the moment and I analyze it later. And if I feel comfortable with it, I'll put it out. There's certain things that I just don't talk about on my platforms because sometimes I feel like that's not my lane or that's not my fight or I'm not the person to talk about certain things. But I talk about a, a vast number of things and I think even those things that I feel like I'm not um, maybe authorized. I, no, authorized is, is the wrong word. That's not my lane sometimes or not my fight or whatever. Sometimes th that... that content comes in to what I discuss and I try to do it not necessarily delicately but I try to give it the proper um, respect that it deserves whatever that subject is um, so that's 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 where I'm at on that uh, but again I feel like the album is very it's very honest um, it's flawed in some spaces. Don't get me wrong. There, there's some things that I don't know. I can't be like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. But I could see, I could see where and why some people have very strong opinions about it. But I don't feel like because the content evoked those strong opinions that it takes away from the art of the the album or the content of the album or the fact that I really feel like. There are some people who will talk about sensitive topics like that because they know it's going to cause some sort of discussion. And that's the point of them doing what they do. Um, sometimes it goes left. <laughs> right. And it, it ends up being. Uh, I mentioned the word problematic before it ends up being problematic. Right. I don't think this is the situation where that's the case. Um, and I, I feel like there are a lot of people who would agree. And it, oh, there's a lot of people that would disagree. Um but I feel like the, the conversation about this one thing kind of is a microcosm of the conversations that we're not having, if that makes any sense. Um, so, yeah, that is my viewpoint on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar. Um, there was also one other thing. He had did a song with Kodak Black that a lot of people was talking about. Um, what song is that? Silent Hill, and I wasn't aware 
of Kodak Black's um, legal troubles or, you know, situations that he was dealing with where, you know, there was some domestic violence and some other stuff that he was associated with. And people uh, felt like by Kendrick Lamar aligning himself with Kodak Black, knowing that those things was out there, that that kind of was, um, that spoke to his character. And listen, I don't know either one of them. <laughs> so I don't know what happened actually with Kodak Black. I know what was reported and I know what the legal situation was. And that's what that is. I'm not, a, I don't even listen to Kodak Black's music that much. Um, aside from if it just pops up and really don't listen to it then either. Like I, it'll, I'll hear it and it's not my, it's, it doesn't pique my interest. So I don't really pay attention to it. Um, I probably will now a little bit just to kind of get some more background as to the conversation surrounding him. Um, but one thing I tend to always try to view people through the lens I try to view them through is these are people living a whole different lifestyle than I'm living, you know? So I, I can comment on some shit and I can feel away about some shit, but realistically, that's not even near my life. I don't know you know, how Kendrick views people like Kodak Black. They both been in the entertainment industry. I'm pretty sure they can relate to each other on so many different levels. And maybe Kendrick is like, yo, I know this cat is a is a dope artist in my eyes. You know, he might feel that way. And he got some shit to say. And I can relate. So I'm going to do this song with him. Or shit, they might have hooked up and... You know, it was like, yo, we should work on some shit together. And then they did. And then it came out the way it came out. And they both was happy with it. And it was like, yo, let's put it on the next album. Boom. I don't know how shit like that works. I don't know how movie stars end up doing movies with each other. I don't know what was going through Will Smith's mind when he smacked the shot of Chris Rock. But <laughs> it's like we could sit here and we could debate on why things happen. We really don't know why. That's a whole different world that most of us have no idea what's going on it. But, you know, that that's not to say that we're not going to have a, an opinion about it or we're not going to talk about it we're not going to comment on it. I just feel like sometimes the conversation just goes so left that whatever it is that we're talking about kind of gets lost. So, but yeah, great album to me. Um, very honest, very real. And uh, the numbers, like I was talking to this, the same friend about the numbers and how... It shows that, you know, it, he said that it it, it kind of constitutes as a flop. And, um, you know, we talked about that for a little bit. And there wasn't any agreement or disagreement on that. Um, what I came to my own realization on that was there's a whole lot of things that aren't critically acclaimed. You know, a whole lot of things that 20 years, 30 years down the line, you know, ends up being better than the reception was. And I don't think it's going to take 20 or 30 years for people to, to look at this differently. Um, some, some, some will, some won't. Right. But I feel like it's a conversation starter. And I think a lot of the conversations that have been started from it uh, brings to light a lot of the things that we're all still possibly struggling with when it comes to the way we move through space, the way we process information and the way we feel about things that honestly we're not talking about enough so that's off my soapbox on that particular subject
Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. So earlier today, um, I saw the movie, and give me a second, because I want to make sure I mention the title of this movie correctly, because it was a dope-ass movie, and shout-outs to um, my housemate, friend, Davlin, Davlin Hill, for inviting me to uh, check out this movie. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, if you don't know about it, look it up. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely, I highly recommend this movie. Um, honestly, and I'm just being real with y'all <laughs> when it comes to stuff like this. Um, a lot of times, if something that I watch or I listen to is like just psychologically deep, I tend to wish I had smoked a joint before I <laughs> before I see something like that or before I listen to something. Um, and while I'm watching this movie, um, I was thinking, man, yo, this this movie's hitting hard. Like, imagine if I had smoked a joint or something, some Delta Eight or whatever, <laughs> some CBD, something before I checked it out. And to be honest with you, if I had, I probably would have been seriously tripped out about it. Because it was one of those um, those movies that play on, you know, your thoughts a little bit. And um, it basically, and, and, it's, and it's hard for me to explain what the movie was about. Because it seemed like it was about, like the title is very fitting. It's, the title again is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And... It it really, it was it was really that. <laughs> it touched on a lot of things, things that I have been talking about this week um, with some of the work that I do, just in conversations. So I'm gonna read a brief description of it for you, if you don't already know. So again, title of the movie: Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. A uh, brief synopsis of the movie is: When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality. An unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. When I tell you that that does not begin to describe <laughs> what this movie was, I am not kidding you. Um, it, it basically was charting the life of the main character or... The main character's name was Evelyn Kwan. Man, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at it as I'm talking to y'all. Look, looking at the casting listing at least. Um, let's see, cast. I hate when they uh they don't give you the whole thing. They just give you it just shows a little bit. Anyway, so just, let's just call her Evelyn. Um, her and her husband, they own a laundromat. Uh, they're Asian American. Um, I'm not, I, I think, I want to say they're from Korea, but I'm going to see if I can get it right. But anyway, Asian Americans, they run a laundromat. I mean, they're like regular people. And so, 
I'm sorry, okay. They're Chinese immigrants. Um, they run a laundromat. So they, she's a regular person. They're regular people, you know, they have their own business, but they're struggling just like anybody else. Um, and they have issues with their daughter. Their daughter's gay. Um, their father, her father, the main character, Evelyn, her father is aging, like aging, dying, not, not necessarily dying, but he's just old. And so I guess she's reflecting on her life and then it gets crazy from there. You know, her husband from another dimension is trying to get her to understand that every decision that is made, um, is he like a glimpse into another dimension or it just opens up so many different branches of what your life can be. And then the movie goes through her passing through or jumping through these other universes or dimensions. Um, seeing how things could have been or whatever um a little another little synopsis here says an aging chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led that's a little bit better <laughs> than the first one i read and a lot better than i could have described it but anyway i walked away from that movie just really uh, definitely enlightening um because it just showed me you know every little decision that we make affects the outcome of our lives and that that outcome has a million different branches uh uh kind of like if you remember uh infinity war and endgame and even with the new doctor strange movie that's out um a lot of these movies are talking about multiverses and uni uh, different universes and dimensions and things like that. But it's really about different realities and the different realities that our lives could could be depending on decisions that we make. And um, I think a big part of what the movie was also reflecting is the different ways that people fight uh, the husband chose to just be kind as it were like thinking that everything is always going to work itself out everything's going to be okay just trying to be a kind person and i touched on this a little bit with um what i was talking about about kendrick lamar's album as far as you know that being perceived as some sort of weakness if you're kind of in tune with your feelings and your emotions and you express them However way you express them, but you, you know, you, you're just trying to be the nice person or um, just trying to lead with kindness. You know, a lot of people view that as a weakness because uh, most people who who try to lead with kindness, they often, you know, certain things or, or, or situations that people may try to take advantage of or, you know, people might not treat them kindly. They kind of just let it let it go, be what it is, like just looking for the peaceful outcome to a lot of situations. And in the movie, I think the the main character, Evelyn, uh, she kind of resented that uh, in her husband. But because she was so wrapped up in trying to make things better or not being relatively unhappy with her life, they were just kind of just going through the motions. And I feel like, you know, as I was sitting there watching that movie, I kind of saw... A little bit of my own personal life 
kind of moving through those spaces and kind of looking at how things would have turned out if I had done things one way. Uh, you know, if I had um, continued on the path that I was on when I was a late teenager, you know, early, late teens, early 20s. Uh, what if I didn't move to Greenville, South Carolina? When I was 22, you know, what if I didn't date this person? What if I didn't date that person? Especially when it comes to relationships, you know, those intimate relationships, dating people, you know, a lot of those situations that I experienced uh, had their own impact on how my life or trajectory, you know, where that went. And a lot of times I look back on that and there's a little bit of regret um, in the way those situations turned out. But it also affects, you know, all of those situations. It all affects kind of how I move through space now. Um, I remember my, my older sister, Veronica, used to always say, you know, don't let the negative situations that you experience affect how you interact with people in the future. You know, back then, future now. And... Um, it's hard not to, <laughs> right? You know, we, we go through things and those things, whether they have a positive or a negative effect or whether those things are positive or negative, they do have an effect on, you know, how we move later, you know, our next decision, our next move. And it's, 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 for me at least, you know, looking back, I wish that, Maybe the person who who I used to feel like I was a free spirit, and I feel like to a certain extent I still am. Excuse me. Um, I honestly, and I think I mentioned this in either the last podcast or the podcast before, um, I was a bit reckless. <laughs> you know, I didn't really care about how things turned out. I just was like literally living life by the seat of my pants. And and I guess as a young person, you know, that tends to be the way young people move through space. I mean, we watch young people now um, and you can see, even though it's a little bit different, at least, you know, from, from my perspective, um, I feel like young people now are a little bit more calculated as far as the decisions that they make. And, or I should say, shouldn't say calculated. I feel like the generation coming up now at least should be more informed than any of the generations before them because of the information, the way it's, it's uh, circulated, information in general, it tends, you know, I feel like <laughs> any decision that anybody makes nowadays should be an informed one. But of course it's not. You know, we all make our decisions based on a number of things. And a lot of times it's still recklessness or ignorance, depending on, you know, what we decide to do. I just feel like, you know, <laughs> looking back, I kind of miss that recklessness a little bit or that free spirited um, mindset that I had before. Not that I would, go back to it because I think, you know, that mindset that I had was fueled by a lot of things that uh, at this point in my life, I can't afford to have them being fueled by that. 
But I did appreciate um, kind of the way that I approached things then because I wasn't necessarily concerned with the outcome. I was willing to accept the outcome, whatever it was. And depending on who you talk to, <laughs> that's either a positive thing or a negative thing when it comes to people that, 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 um, that know me and knew me then. But anyway, I'm kind of rambling on. Uh, the movie itself just kind of put me in a space to kind of really examine not just, you know, how I move through space and, and the way that uh, I try to maintain a positive attitude. But it also helped me to kind of look at some of the people that I have in my life and kind of just reflect on, on, on those particular connections and those relationships. Um because some people are just really unhappy, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, if you're... Un I mean, we're, we all have our moments where we're not happy with our lives today. You know, some people kind of are always happy. Or it seems that way. And it, maybe it seems that way because they find a way to um, navigate the negative feelings or process those feelings a little bit better. Maybe they're like the guy in the movie who they just always feel like things are always going to work out. And as long as they... Uh, view things that way, then they'll be okay. And then there are some people who are just completely the opposite. You know, they just aren't happy. Uh, their life hasn't turned out the way they wanted it to, or currently they're not happy with the way things are. They wish things would be a little bit different. And um, I get that. I mean, I don't. I'm. I'm. I can. <laughs> I like where my life is now compared to where it was a year ago. I'll say that. Um, I know three years ago, uh, I was working at a job. And anybody who knows me, they know I worked at the airport at the information desk. And um, I remember when I first got that job, I was like, yo, this is the best job ever. You know, because I literally didn't do anything. And then once I got more responsibilities, it still felt like, you know, I was kind of getting over. Uh, I was able to uh, put together and publish my book, um, mostly while I was at work. <laughs> a lot of things I was able to accomplish while I was at that job. But I remember around the tail end, like maybe the last three years, I just was like, yo, this is whack. Um, coming to this job every day, punching a clock, not really getting anything out of it you know, kind of wondering every day, is this going to be the, my last day? Am I going to get fired? Because there was so much stuff going on uh, behind the scenes that I kind of knew a little bit about. And, I, you know, you, you feel when anything that's about to come to an end, relationships, jobs, you know, anything, really, you kind of kind of know when it's coming. You kind of feel it when it's coming. And um, I remember right around the time where I got let go, uh, I knew it was coming. I knew it. I was like, if it ain't coming now, it's coming soon. And it, when it happened, I wasn't surprised. Um, I also was fortunate because for the, the nonprofit organization I work for now, Speaking Out Barriers, I was already kind of like on the fringes with them. Um, so when the opportunity, because I didn't have a job, came up, I just was like, you know, whatever, uh, wherever I can fit in and whatever I can be, you know, of some use or have some impact, you know, please, you know, let me, let me know. Uh, 
And so that started a lot of the things that changed in my life. And with that time, I've been able to realize how powerful what we say is, you know, things that we speak out loud. Um, for a long time, I would say out loud in conversation or even, you know, just saying shit out loud to myself, man, I can't wait for when I can do my own thing. I can't wait for when I don't have to punch a clock every day. I can't wait until I can make a living doing something that I love. And now uh, I'm not punching a clock. Uh, the, the, the job that I have with Speaking Out Barriers is, I mean, it's, 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 it's fulfilling work. You know, I don't think anything that is considered work is easy. Um, you know, there's challenges. I'm, I'm constantly learning new things and, and trying to be more efficient at my job and, you know, just trying to be better. But there are so many other things that I benefit from, you know, the programs that we um, do or the things that I'm allowed to be a part of. Uh, it has a, a more meaningful impact than sitting at a desk and telling people where the bathroom is and all of that stuff like I was doing at the at the airport. Um, it also gives me the chance to expand. Um, I never thought I would be running my own business. And I don't think that idea comes if I'm working at the airport. You know, you, 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 you want to do something different but the ability to do it or the the willingness to take a risk when you're working when you're working a regular 9 to 5 job you always look back or at least I did look back at the the security you know of a, a 9 to 5 you get paid every week or every two weeks or you know and it's a it's a, a set amount you know you know what you're going to get as long as you go to work 5 days out of the week you know you know what you're going to get um, with a business. And I don't know if I've pl I think I plugged it before, but it's meals by Max is a personal um, catering, personal chef business. I got going on. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. So if you're hearing this and you haven't checked me out, uh, just meals by Max. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can see the links there. Um, trying to, build up my personal presence on Twitter and then hopefully that'll build up for Meals by Max as well. But that was something that, you know, was started just hanging out with friends, going on trips and cooking. And here we are. Uh, I think I launched in January and I honestly can say I've been having a lot of fun doing that. But I don't think the, the fun comes from the idea that it's me. You know, I, I love to cook. And, you know, a couple of people always ask me, they're like, so how, how is it? You, do you still like cooking? You know, are you getting tired of it? I'm like, nah, man. You know, it's, it's, it's hard work. I remember in the beginning, I was up to like three o'clock in the morning every Sunday or Monday or whatever day I had to get orders together. And I was like, man, this is this is not sustainable. I got to find out. A different way to do this so that I'm not you know just just doing it like this and you know over the course of the last what six months uh, it's what no so 
it's May, so just five months. But over the course of that time, you know, I learned new processes. I kind of learned some stuff about myself, you know, when to go shopping for groceries and, you know, what's my cook day going to be and realizing that you can't be on a set program in the beginning but any small business or anything that you're starting uh because you're still learning and I'm, I'm always learning you know people send me recipes i'm like i don't know if i could do that you know my my, my housemate davelin uh she challenges me <laughs> you know with the with the orders you know she'll she'll throw something different in there and i'm like all right you know see what we can do uh i i, I made baked macaroni for the first time last week and I had avoided it for so long because my mom's kind of set the bar pretty high uh, when it came to baked macaroni. Uh, and, you know, I did it and it was touch and go. <laughs> I was I was scared, you know, and so I made it support from Davlin. Uh, we, we got it cooked. <laughs> and when I tasted it, I mean. Let's let's just be honest, you know, in the beginning, um, not in the beginning, like when I first pulled it out the oven and I was like, oh, man, it looks great. You know, I, I thought it was beautiful, you know, cut into it. It wasn't done. <laughs> it was still very soupy underneath that nice looking golden top cheese all melted down. And so what I thought was only going to take about 40 minutes cook time ended up taking like two additional hours. But in the end, I was like, all right, so, you know, I have a, a, a finally a, a cooked baked macaroni. I wonder how it tastes. And it tastes surprisingly good. Um, And so, you know, I let my mom's taste it. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so let me back up a little bit. So I, I took it over there like two days after um, I made it. So I think... You know, we made it on a Sunday, and I think I got to their house on Tuesday. And, you know, just because you think something is good, especially when it comes to food, doesn't mean other people are going to think it's good. Excuse me. And um, I was concerned. So my dad tried it, and it was cold. And he was like, nah, man, you know, it'll, 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 you'll know if it's good, if it tastes good cold. And I was like, all right, whatever. So he, he liked it, had a little bit of critique about as far as, you know, some of the seasons I put in it and I'm not going to mention it too much. Um, but I was just kind of winging it at that point because the recipe that I had just was kind of wild. Um, left out some stuff, was adding some stuff that I, I never would, you know, some things you think are supposed to be in there and they're, they're not. And then other things you're like salt. And pepper, you're thinking, you know, it should be this much and it's a lot less in the recipe than you think. <laughs> so you got to got to, you know, wing that. So I basically ended up taking that recipe and barely following it because it, it would just it just it didn't seem right. And like I said, Davlin was was here for support on that. And she had made it before. So she's kind of schooling me through it. But anyway, so. A whole I think so I went over to the parents house about probably about two o'clock and so like around nine o'clock my mom calls me and I'm in the middle of a work call and so I had to let it go to voicemail but I listened to the voicemail and she's like I tasted it it's really good you know she had her I knew she was gonna have her critique of it which I expected and appreciated because I'm like you know anything she has to say to me about that particular thing 
is is definitely knowledge that I need, right? And then she says, it's really good. I'm proud of you. You know, da 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 da. And when I tell you, and this is no lie, I'm and and anybody that knows, well, y'all y'all heard me talk about my mom on the last podcast. Um, those types of words do not come often from Jacqueline. And when she said she was proud of me, automatically I I went back to when I was nineteen. And, I, and like I told y'all before, I grew up a Jehovah's Witness, so at 19, I volunteered for the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And that was like the culmination of everything that I had been doing up to that point uh, when it came to that. And so, you know, we had a party and, you know, Pops has his long conversation with me, you know, about how he's proud and, you know, me growing up the last four or five years, I was kind of like wilding out a little bit and they were just happy to see that I was choosing Jehovah, as it were, under those circumstances. So, you know, after, you know, your, 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 your friends and people in the congregation and all that stuff, they give me your props, your head is kind of big. And so I'm sitting there with my moms and I'm like, so, yo, like, you know, how do you feel? Like, about, I'm getting ready, I'm like, I'm literally that night getting ready to leave the house and go, um, even though it was just in Brooklyn and I was living in Queens at the time, it wasn't that far, but I was, this is my first time out the house, you know, I was going to be on my own and I wanted to hear the words from my mother. And I was like, ma, so aren't you proud of me? And she's like, yeah, you know, you know, I am. I was like, like, I feel like you can't say it. And she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Get on a table and do a dance. And I was like, yeah, if that's your way of, of, of saying you love me, you proud of me. My mom's got on that table and did a dance. And I think I mentioned that in the uh, the the last podcast. So bringing it back, I know I kind of went all around in a circle to get back to this point. But to hear my mom say that she was proud of me over something that to me didn't seem really significant at the time, baked macaroni, <laughs> that was huge. <laughs> and I'm still kind of geeking off of it only because it's, it's not, oh my God, I'm so proud of you that you made this baked macaroni. It's just that, Something like that, you know, with me deciding to do something as far as a business goes, really with the things that I learned from people, you know, from food. I mean, I learned the things that I like about food from other people, from, you know, food that I've eaten that other people made. Um, to say I, I cooked a whole lot before now is not really true. I mean, I, I cooked. But a lot of time I was just cooking for myself and, you know, friends coming by and now I'm cooking for people that maybe aren't in my house as often or, you know, people that I really don't know. But, you know, word of mouth spreads and, you know, your, your, your people, your team supports you. So they tell people and they're like, well, hey, listen, if you want something, you know, let me know and I'll buy my mom. And so. Sometimes when you do things and strangers say, hey, we like it or this is, you know, whatever. They give you commendation. It means one thing coming from strangers. It means a whole lot. of It, it means something so much more different coming from your family, coming from your parents, you know, coming from people that raised you and that you just want to make them proud. In any way that you can. Um, to me, that 
means more than anything that I could accomplish, you know, with writing, anything really, even, even the cooking. It's like, you know, you make money from some people with, with, I do with the food. I didn't make any money giving that macaroni to my mom's. I didn't, I just wanted, oh, it, it's not bad. <laughs> that would have been sufficient for me. And the fact that I got much more than that, just that she was, she really liked it and that she said she was proud meant the world to me. So shout out to moms. Um, I got some work to do, but you know, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And um, so this week, Davlin has challenged me to make lasagna. <laughs> so by the time you hear this podcast, the depending on if you listen to because I'm going to try to upload it tonight and it's 11 11. So we definitely working with good signs and energy right now. Um, by the time you hear this, I may have already made it. So the next podcast will definitely have an update as far as how it turned out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we, we talked about a few different things on this particular podcast today, um, but it, it seems to have all fit in with uh, the general theme that I didn't necessarily set out to have for this particular podcast, but, you know, just life in general, uh, understanding that we all experience things from a different perspective. Um, and like going back to Kendrick and his, his album, everything that's, you know, makes, uh, some of us uncomfortable isn't necessarily objectionable, right? Um, his viewpoints on some things or just the way he's processing those processing those things uh, definitely made some of us uncomfortable. Um, but I think in some ways that's a good thing. I know, I know with uh, the social justice work that uh, Speaking Down Barriers is involved in and I get to participate in from time to time, uh, that's one of the goals, right? To, to bring the uncomfortable subjects to the forefront so that we can have an honest conversation about it. And then you go to the movie to where, you know, um, sometimes being comfortable or just being content with the way things are, uh, when you look at it from a different perspective or you kind of reflect on, you know, the trajectory of your life based upon a decision that you made, that could be the difference between happiness and uh, despair, as it were. Um, and then rounding it out to uh, your, your, your peoples, your team, your folks, your family, being proud of you <laughs> for fairly insignificant things. But, you know, kind of taking to light that these insignificant things that you may be downplaying as insignificant are really big things um, because you could be doing anything else, but you're choosing to do something that uh, speaks speaks well to who you are, right? You're taking risks. Uh, you're choosing to do what you love um, and just hoping it works out. You're choosing to lead with kindness. 
you're choosing to allow yourself to be imperfect, to make mistakes, to say um a lot, <laughs> um, and just 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 kind of just be who you are, um, and 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 move through this uh, life the best way you can. I tweeted something earlier, and I'm gonna pull it up and read it because the thought hit me and I felt like that was very not insightful or whatever like that, but just something that when I think about it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and just bear with me for a moment as I navigate my Twitter feed to find it. Let's see here. Okay, so the tweet is, be honest with who you want to be in this life and then be comfortable with wanting to be that person when you become that person. This is your life to live here and now. And I guess what I was trying to say was, you know, we, the decisions, right? We go back to that. Um, we may have tried to do something one way and it didn't turn out the way we anticipated it or the way we wanted it to, or it just didn't, didn't work. And we rarely get second chances to do one thing. Sometimes we do. And maybe that's the way we're going to be whoever it is that we want to be. That comes with its challenges, right? Some people want to be financially secure. And that takes, you know, whatever decisions it takes to get there. Or we want to be like, I want to be a writer. I want to make a living as a writer or a podcaster or, you know, whatever. Anything to where my words uh, can can sustain the lifestyle that I want to live. When we speak those things, and I, and I mentioned it a little while ago about speaking out loud and speaking things to, into existence. Um we got to be honest with 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 those words, too. If this is who we want to be. And we get to become that person. It's like I look at people. And I hate using this as an example, because it's a very common example. But we look at a guy like Jay-Z. Right. And a lot of people will say, oh, he's a big part of what's wrong. You know, he's a capitalist and it's that and the other. Um, and I'm already regretting using him as an example, but I mean, he's, he's a common example because a lot of people have an opinion about what he does. One thing that he was, was honest with himself about who he wants, who he wanted to be. And he became that. Um, I think a lot of times we want something, but then we see what it takes or what it took to be that. And we're, we're, we're uncomfortable with that. And that's Okay. But it's what we wanted, right? And now we have it. And we may be uncomfortable with who that person is. So that's why I said we have to be honest with who we want to be in this life and then be comfortable with wanting to be that person when you become that person. Now, if you don't want to be that person, then by all means, switch it back up. You know, that's 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 our life. We have to live that. But if we're being honest <laughs> and you could be honest about who you want to be and, and not cause harm to other people, um, Hopefully, that's that's where we end up being. Um, and that's where I'm, I'm talking about being comfortable, because sometimes, you know, we, 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 we don't 
see us having to do some of the things that we had to do uh, to be who we want to be. Um, and a lot of times that means doing some stuff that generally, you know, our comfort level isn't always comfortable. <laughs> you know, we sometimes are in places that we really don't know if we should be there or um, is this what I really want to do or do I, I mean, it's, 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 it's like it can be said selling out some somehow, you know. Um, I look at it this way. If we're doing what we want to do and we're happy with doing what we want to do. And like I said, nobody is being harmed along the way. I would be comfortable with that. And I think we also get to a point to where anybody's successful. You know, you kind of got to do what you got to do to get to where you want to be at. But once you get there, then you get to do what you really want to do. Right. So, again, and I'm going to end it on this note. Um, just be honest. When you look in the mirror, who do you want to be? And if you're comfortable with wanting to be that, then when you become that, then you got to work on being comfortable with being that person. Uh, I'm repeating myself, but it's, it, it makes sense to me. Um, just be honest, you know, lead with kindness, be honest and, uh, you know, do your best out here. Uh, it's, it's, this is not, we're living in really tough times right now, man. It's, it's, it's not easy. A lot of us, I was talking to Davlin earlier about it. Um, a lot of us are going through stuff. And I'm not even talking about the stuff that all of us are going through. I'm not talking about everybody's going through COVID. Everybody's going through uh, everything costs more money. <laughs> everything costs gas. Like, it's, you would think that we haven't experienced this gas situation before. But it's something that we shouldn't have to experience, right? We shouldn't have to experience Supply chain shortages. Like, I went to um, a party supply store, and there's a shortage on helium. <laughs> I was like, "How do you have a shortage on helium?" But apparently, a gas, a uh, helium place blew up. There was an explosion or something. The lady was telling us in the store, and uh, it caused a shortage in helium. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so we are living in some really tough times as far as everything goes. And I think it's times like these that everyone kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a self-check situation. You know, what am I doing? How, like we, we were constantly or we should be constantly checking in on ourselves to make sure we're doing what we all need to do to not just be happy, but to be physically, mentally, spiritually, energetically, energetically healthy. And that's hard work. That's hard work. So I'll leave y'all with that. I appreciate y'all listening in. Uh, once again, Max Lit. It is what it is. A podcast gumbo featuring me, of course, Max Lit. Uh, look forward to y'all listening. And I look forward, uh, forward <laughs> to uh, being back with y'all real soon. Y'all take it easy. Be blessed and be safe. Peace.